welcome to Lending Forward, a podcast where we're lending every bit of what we know to our listeners. From real conversations and lessons learned deep within the industry to education and forward thinking. Together, we're Lending Forward. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our channels and connect with us on www.atlanticbay.com. Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS number 72043, NMLSconsumeraccess.org is an equal opportunity lender. Located at 600 Lynn Haven Parkway, Suite 203, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23452. Welcome to another episode of Lending Forward. I'm your host, Taylor Ellard, and joining me today is Jeff Babb from Babb to the Home with At Coastal Realty. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, how are you, Taylor? Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Well, you are local to the Hampton Roads area, so I'll kind of tee that up, but you have how many properties that you're managing right now? It's something crazy. Yeah, so we've got about 176 properties under management. It's been it's been quite a journey. That's all part of the real estate foundation that I've been building. I know. I can't wait to hear all about it. So kind of walk us through where you started. I remember in the green room, we talked about you started with Cox Communications and then you started dabbling and you went all in. So for those who you kind of fall into real estate, right? You don't just wake up unless you're, unless you've got, you come from one of your parents as an agent or you've grown up seeing that you don't necessarily wake up at five years old and say, I really want to be an agent today. How did you kind of get here And then what is it that you're doing that's unique? So lead me through that. Yeah, sure. So I was with Cox Communications. I was a a national affiliate account manager. And my job there was to have affiliate programs refer to Cox and get more clientele that way. So I actually saw a great route being real estate. So I would go to a lot of real estate offices and pitch their agents to refer to Cox. And then they would get rewarded for it. And their clients would also get a, a white glove treatment, quote unquote. So, you know, I sat in a lot of real estate meetings and was kind of figuring out how these people, agents were doing it and people were getting awards for top sales for the month, et cetera. So something really clicked. I was at, at Coastal Realty and that month, an agent got an award for selling two and a half million dollars. And I'm sitting in the back getting the food ready and my presentation ready. And I'm on my phone, I'm like two and a half million dollars times 0.03%, that's $75,000. So you're telling me that somebody made $75,000 this month. And you know, I never actually considered that to be a reality. So when I figured out that it was, I did ask further questions, of course. I took a deep dive into, well, what am I doing here? And why aren't I over in this field as well? Because I've always been capable in the sales field alone, right? So kind of figuring out that you can make that kind of money each month and it is possible and you don't have to have a boss. You can work your own schedule as long as you're working the clients, you know, opened up an avenue that I'd never explored before. So that's kind of how I got started into real estate. And that's also why I had to transition over to Ad Coastal Realty, just because the brokerage dynamic there allows you to brand yourself and also monitor yourself. There is coaching there as well, but you know, they allowed you, they allowed me at least to form my business while I was working for another company at the same time. So it was a lot of late hours, but I didn't see that making $10,000 a month or $75,000 a month, which one are you going to work harder for? And obviously that was geared towards the real estate aspect. Absolutely. So what are some of the, for, and I, I think my target audience here, I want to, when you land into sales, whether you're on the agent side or you're a mortgage banker, those two different avenues look a lot alike. But I will say, I want to know for 
real estate agents who are either just now beginning or someone's maybe thinking of dabbling in it or someone's only doing it part-time, what are some of the best pieces of advice that you could give them? Yeah, me personally, just because I was newly married, trying to build the foundation with my personal life, along my professional life and growth, it was important for me to kind of stabilize my income that I was making at my previous employer to at least cover that and then, or maybe a little less, just so I could have a comfort. So what I did is I started growing a property management business and I added up all my bills and I divided that off of $150. And that was how many properties I had to get to, to at least cover my bills before I felt comfortable leaving my job, right? It's always scary starting a new business. It's always scary leaving what you're comfortable doing. But as long as you build that comfort basis below them, whether it's property management, transaction coordinating, being a showing assistant, joining a team, just making sure that you are not setting yourself up to say, okay, I'm going to jump totally into real estate. I've got six months in reserves and I'll be fine. Well, guess what? Six months in reserves is going to be gone pretty quick, especially once all the fees come in, your brokerage, whether it caps you or charges you a monthly fee, your realtor fees, et cetera. You're six months in reserves, four months in, you're finally working one client Well, you're still negative four months. So really it's about taking that small leap to say, yes, I want to transition, owning that in yourself, and then saying, what do I need to do to get there? A lot of that is building the foundation, which I personally found in property management to then take that leap and then dive all of my time into it and develop the business from there. What are... You've got to have a plethora of stories that you could tell off of property management, but what is one... Say one good and one bad. Give us one good story that's come from this, whether that's enhancing your experience or, and then one bad story that you're just like, I've learned so much from this. Gosh, I mean, you learn every day, right? There's always going to be a new scenario. You know, my company believes in better, and that's our motto. We want to make sure that I, first of all, believe in better for myself and my family, but I also believe in better for my clients and their families. And I want to make sure that they are elevating themselves throughout their life, right? So I think that we've all rented a house before. And if not, you just came out of your parents' house, which you should have been renting a room there. And then you jumped into your first home for a mortgage. There's a lot of transitional things where we've all been there and we can't take that for granted, right? So it's really the development. So the the good from what I've seen from doing property management, I guess, is developing clients to homeowners. And that's going to create their net worth, generational wealth in a way if they play their role properly. And just, again, building a stronger foundation for their family as well, giving them secure housing, not having to have increases in rent, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of unknowns with the rental process just because it is a single family house. The owner could sell. And I saw a lot of that happen in the last two years where the renters are being displaced. So working with the renters, being transparent, knowing that I've been there before, as along with everybody else, and knowing that everybody has that goal for homeownership, everybody wants that dream, and just showing them that it is a reality. And that's starting those conversations a lot sooner with the mortgage bankers to get them pre-approved. And if they're not pre-approved, we have a six-month, 12-month game plan that we can put them on for them to work towards their goals. So that's the really rewarding part out of that, just to ensure that they are maturing and they are reaching their goals. And then they don't feel held down just on what's in their head. And they're able to talk about it and realize that it can be a reality. The bad part about property management 
gosh, well, there's a lot of maintenance that I got to take care of, right? There's a lot of tenant issues as far as satisfaction levels. Are we getting things done fast enough? But, you know, when I'm handling the property management side of things, I understand and I make my owners understand or at least set that expectation that the tenants are paying a premium to live in your property. And they're paying a premium to live there because they have confidence in my business and they have confidence in you, the owner, that we're going to take care of it because that's the way we're going to present ourselves. So at the same time that the tenants are having a hard time and we're hearing that, we're also letting them know that we are elevating issues and we are going to get things fixed quickly to ensure that they're comfortable. So, you know, it's every day is a learning experience because you don't know what's going to pop up. A tree could fall through a house one day. You got a backed up sewer line the next day. All that stuff happens, you know, whether I handle it at my house, I handle it with this house that I'm selling or anything like that. Everything can be worked through just as long as you have the patience to do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, property management isn't for everyone, I don't think. But how have you found success interweaving property management and then listings and being able to execute on on the real estate side? Yeah, so we, we do, we are a full service real estate team and we have people on the team that they each have their own individual strengths, right? So one is more patient. So they're a buyer's agent, especially in a seller's market. You have to be patient with the buyer's agent and vice versa. In a buyer's market, you have to be patient with the seller. So everybody has their strengths and we kind of mold towards personality than we do. Okay. This person is a good negotiator. You're just going to list and you're going to get the best price possible. It's whoever works best with, with that client. So Bringing property management and real estate sales into the same arena, it is. Again, I mean, the tenants want to buy. At the end of the day, they all have that dream of owning a home and having housing security and all that. And then the sellers, if they were to come and list and have a property with us, especially in the Hampton Roads area, a lot of them could be military and accidental landlords where they just got a house and all of a sudden the military pops some orders and they have to leave in 90 days. They're overfunded on their VA loan, so they can't get it out. They're still underwater with that allowance. And we have to manage the property until that they can go ahead and sell it. So a lot of these relationships that I am building personally are intertwined with each other and they're just taking time to kind of flatten out. We're getting rid of the wrinkles in the fabric, I guess you could say, and making sure that both sides of it are reaching their goals. Yeah, that's important. And I I love that you're able to have that at the end of this lease, you know, the opportunity to buy is there or how can we help groom you so where you're able to purchase and get pre-qualified. So that's that's huge. How would you say at what point you decided to grow a team? You know, right now there's a few sides. I think some people are the market's cooling off a little bit, but before when it was houses, houses, interest rates are so great. When did you decide to grow out your team? What what was the aha moment where you're like, I need extra people to help me do this? Time. You know, there's a lot of dynamic, especially there's a lot of moving parts in property management. There's a lot of moving parts in sales. Can I do it all? Yeah, I thought I used to be able to, but I was also running myself ragged, right. not giving the quality family time and uh, a lot of real estate agents feel the burn. I'm sure some of y'all can relate. A lot of it is you're getting flack from your job, but you're also getting flack at home because your job's consuming you. You know, there isn't a time where, okay, a client tells me I got to pull the trigger on a house and I'm not on a computer at 10 o'clock at night writing up a contract. So really it was more delegation. And I think that I was able to do that personally myself, which was a, a commitment to myself to know, okay, you got to drop the control. You know, you're not going to have somebody that's going to be doing what you would do exactly, but they're still going to do it 
in what they see the right way, which is ultimately going to be the end goal. So opening yourself up to allowing others to come in, it may not be the perfect ideal, but once you do allow others to come in, you can then take some of your time back. You can put focus back on your family, or you can put focus back into your business or both, whatever it is, and kind of find other dynamics to grow. And really that's the key is making sure that you have a brand, making sure that you're well-recognized and that you're a trusted provider within your community. Yeah. I love that. It's, it is an integral piece of your business to be able to spend due diligence on your business. And if you've get so inundated to where your things are falling through the cracks, you've got too many, you cannot do it all. You've, I mean, burnout's a thing, you know, so making sure you know when to do these things and that it's not easy. There's legwork on the front end and you've got to spend time with new people. However, in the long run, it truly will pay off. So I love that. That's so important. Are there any one or two stories that have kind of changed the course of your career or just an aha moment that has bettered you from a business growth hiring out perspective? It's tough because you had me geared up for another answer. So now I got to gear up to this answer over here. But the other, what I want to say, just to get a little off topic is when I first started, I always always had that serve mentality. And again, that was eating up a lot of my home lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. So setting proper boundaries with the business to not let it consume you so you can have a good quality of life is going to set you up for stronger success in your future, mm-hmm. right? So that's going to give you, you have to feed your family, you have to feed your business, you have to feed yourself. And all of those things take time. So if you're neglecting one, it's going to cry louder for food than the one that's already full, but you're still filling that one because you're not quite aware of what's happening in your surrounding, right? So I think that just gearing up and building a business is making sure that your team is fed and making sure that you're having those those qualifying type conversations every week saying, okay, here's what you need or what do you need? How can I assist? What can I help you develop with? And it's not just an injection of money. It's an injection of ideas, right? So I like when we have open-ended conversations, how did you do it? Well, I'm an open book. I'll tell you exactly how I did it. It's just going to be on you to take the ball and run with it. So it's having those collaborative conversations to really build up the individual's that allow them to, t- to pick up the ball that they thought was super heavy and run with it. Right. And that's just really just the fuel. And that's, it's again, it's with who you feed. Yes. Oh, I, I love that. That's, it's hard to self-serve as well as be servant leadership, right? I mean, like you were saying, you give, give, give. And then at some point you've got to find something to help pour into your bucket. But you said something I want to hit back on and unpack a little bit. The setting boundaries piece. That is learned behavior because... I will say from all sales, okay, like no matter what side of, if you're selling medical equipment, you you still get this competitive drive in you. And it's almost like if someone calls me and I don't answer, I'm losing a deal. And people have this mindset going into it. And I think it is boundaries are learned over time. So tell us kind of how you noticed and then in turn, how you've set those, because it's not easy to set boundaries. I know it's not, but what have you done that has changed the way you handle business? It was the craziest thing. I just said one day, I am going to try and operate my business as much as possible between nine, nine and five. And if I lose a client for that, and the person that was going to potentially work with me did not understand that I also needed my family time and I also needed to feed myself, then that may not be a good fit for who I'm trying to work with. 
And it's all about having those successful relationships. I would rather have five successful relationships than five than 10 stressed out relationships, right? 100%. So I actually have a client, Cuban and Joe Phillips. They have they bought and sold probably five houses for me so far in the last three years. She has a buy and sell problem, but I'm okay <laughs> with it. And she actually told me, she's like, when we first started working together, you said that you couldn't come over to my house at seven o'clock because you were spending time with your family. And I really value that because you are a family person and you do set boundaries. And I wanted to work with you because of that, uh, you know? So as scary as it is to say, okay, well, crap, if I don't drop, if I don't drop everything I'm doing right now to be attentive to my client, then I'm going to lose that person as a client. That person at the same time, isn't respecting you. If you do lose that person, because they're, they're using your time over and above and beyond. So it really kind of set the tone for the business. Of course, in property management, we do keep our phones on us at all times in case of emergency, but there are those boundaries that you set. If I get a phone call, I answer it. Oh, my dishwasher's broken. Okay, it's non-emergency. I'll be happy to give you a call tomorrow. Please send me an email and I'll be happy to follow up. So I think a lot of real estate agents, and this is, of course, my opinion, are just always running when they can, but that's also how they perceive the business. But the business shouldn't work and consume you. You should work the business to your skill level. If people see that and people see your skills, then they're going to be patient and wait and want to work with you. Exactly. It's Yeah. And it is all about respect. If you miss that call or you can't take that call and they move on, I don't think it was the right fit to begin with. Right. Yeah. So, And you almost do, do yourself that. a favor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And there, there's always going to be the next person. And it, it's... We always want to, especially being in sales, we always want to crush it. We always want to be able to get every single client, but every single client isn't meant for you. And I live by a motto, what is yours will not pass you in life, right? And if you deep dive into that, there's a lot of information just in that line. So, you know, you're setting yourself up and it's really depends how you want to build that, that kind of structure. Yep. That was perfect. Well, how are you planning to, you and your team planning to lend forward for the rest of the year? Gosh, it's all about rates, 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 rates. So right now, personally, what I'm seeing is that inventory is still a little lower. Rates are subjective, I guess, depending, you know, you, you date your rate, you marry your home type thing. There is kind of stagnancy in the market from what I'm seeing, especially on some certain listings that I have. Rentals are still booming, but really it's just about making sure that we're better educating our clients. And as far as moving forward with the team and team growth, it's just making sure, again, it always comes back to the foundation. Make sure that you have the strong the strong rocks on the bottom. Make sure that you're building properly on top. Make sure that you're having transparent conversations and identifying weaknesses and building those weaknesses up into strength and making sure that the strength isn't becoming overinflated at the same time. A lot of agents joined this market back in the last three years, mm-hmm. and they thought it was cuckoo kachoo, if you would. <laughs> Just right. let it rip. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the real the reality of what real estate is, is going to set in pretty hard on a lot of people. So. I think just making sure that we're all supporting one another, setting the boundaries, making sure that there is ample time to coach and train is going to keep everybody pushing forward. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being on Lending Forward today. We appreciate your time. Of course, Taylor. Have a great day. Thank you. 
Thanks again for listening to the Lending Forward podcast powered by Atlantic Bay Mortgage Group. Don't forget to tune in next week and make sure you subscribe to our channel. Remember, we all play a part in lending forward. So go lend something forward today.